and welcome to Elixir Talk, your erstwhile podcast about the Elixir programming language and ecosystem. My name is Desmond Bowie, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Bell. I'm shocked that you said erstwhile, but it's nice. It's a good mixing up of the intros, Desmond, so hi. 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 What's happening? What's happening? Well, um, it's another sunny day here in Los Angeles. Uh, I got my cat on my desk next to me. She was just licking the microphone. She loves the microphone. Actually, she loves anything that is standing between me and her. <laughs> it so, makes sense. Yeah, it requires her undivided attention to get my undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any pets? Uh, no pets right now. No, no pets. Um, we don't. We, we're not allowed to have dogs in our apartment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because of the building, but other than that, yeah, we, I don't know. I, I like cats a lot. I'm a, I'm a kind of a cat guy, so I appreciate the cats. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like a dog, like a pet is a lot of work, even a cat, even those pesky felines, you know? It can be. I mean, she's pretty low maintenance, I think. Like, but yeah. I mean... I do have to think about if I go away for a couple of days, mm. uh, who's going to look after her? Um, I mean, my neighbors do it. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah. It's not that bad. But I, if I'm away for a while, then I'll start to miss her and be like, oh, man, I got to get home and see the cat. I mean, not just for me, but also because it stresses her out. Right. So She doesn't like it if you're gone for too long. Mm-mm. These demanding creatures. She doesn't know what to do without me. Uh. No, it's adorable. Adorbs. I try to post. Uh, uh, I try to create a website for her, because that's obviously what people do. Like an Instagram or like a, some kind of full, fully featured website. So I made an actual Instagram. Okay. I posted about six pictures and then I stopped. <laughs> uh, but I'm not good with Instagram in general. And I have a domain, CleoTheFriendlyCat.io. Don't bother going there. It knows nothing up. I think it's renewing in a minute, though. That will not be in the show notes. Not be in the show notes. Um, but nothing's gone up there. Right. What What were your, like, big intentions with this domain when you purchased it? Were you like, this is going to be the new side project? No, I was just going to put a big picture of her up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Leave it at Very that. Very cool. You know, get millions of visits. <laughs> Make a living offer. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> just become, like, a celebrity pet owner you know it's positively dickensian to me it just seems exploitative and you're just like plucking these kids off the streets to do your work for you they won't stand for it (laughs) hot take of the day there we go uh what's new on the programming front anyway well um the big news is i'm leaving my gig at versus systems and i'm going back to consulting i've uh i've missed it man I've missed consulting. Um, yeah, versus like, it's cool. We're still, I mean, we're still pretty good friends, and they still speak at uh, the LA meetups, and they're doing a lot of like very cool stuff with the language, in particular with amnesia and clustering. And I'm, I hope that we can have some of them back on the podcast soon to talk about some of the work they're doing, and we can continue our long feud about Kubernetes versus <laughs> not Kubernetes. Yeah, the, the ongoing saga. I know. Well, you know, the story is, it's it never, it's never fully written, is it? 
it's just a new chapter that's true that is totally true so um yeah speaking of new chapters uh i've got another one so if um i have a couple ideas in mind which i can talk about in a second but uh if any of our listeners are interested in some elixir training i mean we could do some development but i'm mostly interested in training right now so if you're looking to learn a little more about the language your team is trying to skill up or something then i have a couple of ideas that i can share with you so uh please get in touch with us and might be able to work something out um but other ideas i have a couple of product ideas that i want to pursue and i'm thinking of opening a space like a physical space here in venice oh what would that be for well i'm trying to figure out what it looks like it's kind of like a uh, a lifestyle social club slash co-working space. Nice. Yeah, it's basically a place for me to put my pinball machine and hang out all day. <laughs> uh, with a bunch of plants, disco ball, you know, neon sign. Like, ba- it's basically going to be like MPEX, but without the talks. Well, That's I take cool. that back. I take that back. Um We'll probably have talks like once a week. I mean, it, putting on events is a lot of fun. So we'll probably mm-hmm. have something like that, whether it's a local meetup or something else. Um, yeah, I have a space that I'm checking out now. And so I'm still trying to figure out exactly how that would work. But uh, I guess if any listeners are in or around LA and would be interested in that, please get in touch. Because again, we're still trying to figure out what this is going to look like. And I think people who are involved soon would have some say in um how that ends up working because it's it's kind of a community thing you know and communities partly define themselves mm. so do you imagine working from there every day and like kind of having like a co-working thing going on as well yeah that's kind of the day-to-day is like people post up in the office like there's probably some monthly membership um and the idea is having a really cool environment like there's co-working spaces that exist but i think that they're all kind of sterile even when they seem kind of flashy i mean i think that there's room for more boutique spaces that are actually fun to be in like i've been in a couple around here that you just walk in and it's like a dark cave and it's like why do people work here why do you come to this place every day and on the other end there's we work which i sort of see as like the budweiser of co-working spaces so i'm trying to find some sort of middle ground between that and like the soho house Right, so kind of a cool creative day club thing for programmers and like-minded creativity people to hang out and work and do stuff. Yeah, some designers, like, I don't know, maybe filmmakers, although there isn't going to be a lot of like filmmaking, but writers, um, artists perhaps, uh, but generally creative people who are making things. Mm. Podcasts even. Maybe we have a podcasting studio. It could be very cool. Yeah, Elixir Talk could be coming to you live from the refectory. Is that what it's going to be called? The refectory, yeah. Yeah, because nice. food's another a big component of this too, is having like actually fresh fruit instead of green right. bananas and stuff. Yeah. That's a big piece. Again, it's like MPEX, you know? Mm-hmm. Walk All about in. the environment and giving you good experiences. And mm-hmm. It's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, can uh, on that mpex note, going to do the usual plug for the New York conference, which is coming up fast approaching in May. Uh, we actually just announced our speakers today. 
So you can take a look at those on the MPEX website where you usually would go, which is mpex.co forward slash NYC. You can see all the speakers there. Um, we also have three trainings lined up, one of which is a Haskell training. Haskell? Which Haskell. I know. You were, well, I was as surprised as you were. So uh, <laughs> the Haskell training is going to be all about the type system in Haskell and an exploration around the type system. So I think for those functional nerds or those people who are starting to get a little bit more functional, could be a really interesting one for you to check out. So mm. we have that. We have a nerves training as well um, with Justin and Frank. And then we also have a beginner Elixir uh, training that is all geared towards those people who have done some OOE kind of languages before, like your your JavaScripts kind of now, uh, your Python or your Rubies, um, and you're looking to branch out and get into some Elixir code. So that will be uh, hosted by yours truly here. So Who's, who's truly? Me. You. Yeah. Can you believe that? It's the first year that I've done it. Well, are you excited? Yeah. I, I love... Uh, I love teaching Elixir. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to showing some new people what's up and why it's cool. So, and walking, it's it's a quite an intense day. Like it's the same curriculum we've done before, mm-hmm. um, and it really takes you through it and puts you through your paces. Um, and there's a lot to learn in a day, of course. So you you know you'll get the basics and walk away with a good understanding. So it's pretty good. Psyched. Yeah, extremely psyched. Lots yeah, more work to come on that front, but and more news, I'm sure, soon as well. So, yeah. Cool. Well, um, I'll definitely be there. Uh, I don't know that I'll be at the beginner training, but I'll be at MPEX Saturday, May 18th in New York, right? Saturday, May 18th in New York, and the training is on Friday, Mar- um, Friday May 17th. Yep. Cool, man. Yes, very, very cool. Have you announced speakers? Uh, they are up on the website, so you oh, can great. go check those out now. Yep. We've got a really interesting talk lineup this year. There's a, there's a few things that diverge away from Elixir and are a bit more functional in general. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Good mix, some seemingly some really interesting talks. Um, we have, of note, I would say we have uh, Eric of ecto fame coming into town to talk about mint which is the new http library the process less that's a really like hard combination of words to say right now process less um http library have you mm-hmm. seen this desmond uh mint yes i know of it it's going to replace uh htt poison right i think in, it's a bit more low level yeah so it's it's really designed as like a hackney replacement ah. by the looks of it but it it doesn't have um, a kind of pooling or process model. So yeah, I remember at a NYC Elixir meetup I, a couple years ago or something. David Antaramian gave a talk about using Hackney and just like blowing through the pool, and and DDoSing his like <laughs> partner APIs or something. Yeah, I have also been in that situation. So and or where you just max out the Hackney pool and like you can no longer make connections. There's, there's some weird things there, but um, yeah, this is this will be an interesting one. I think there's some really good use cases for something that doesn't have a process pool. Um, there, are, there are situations where you might want to use that or build on top of it even. So. Well, I mean, what I like about that is Hackney hides a lot of that from you. 
I mean, it's 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 there. It's not necessarily that it's hidden, but it's not up front, and you can use it for quite a while without even thinking about it, which of course gets you into trouble. And what I like about Mint is that it forces you to reconcile that. Like you can just mm-hmm. use it from within your calling process, and that's fine. But if you want to use a connection pool, then you probably know that, and you can write your own. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's a good. It's good to have alternatives as well, to be honest, like where you, where you don't need some of these things and you can break out and you can reuse connections and various other things and do streams and streaming connections a lot more easily, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting one to check out, definitely. And then um, I'm thinking about what else I'm really excited about. I have Billy Seskovich, who is a frame employee over here with, with me. Cool. He is going to be talking uh, all about kind of macros. And the talk is titled, Is Elixir Lisp? Or Is Elixir Just Lisp? Um, he's talking about kind of the AST and uh, a journey into macros and other kind of languages that have um, macro systems as well. So that mm-hmm. should be cool. Um and then, yeah, we even have a live view talk, which oh, is, yes. uh, you know, hot off the press, straight into the conference. Um, so we're hoping by then that this person that's given the talk has actually used it, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure they will do. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see that. But I'm looking forward to seeing some demos in the wild, uh, like in, in the flesh as well, you know. For any of you listening, uh, as conference organizers, we will tell you that it's okay to submit a talk on something that you haven't done yet. Oh, 100%. By the way, I should caveat that as well. Yeah, every single talk that I've given, I, well, the ones that are like war stories, you like kind of project into the future a little bit about what might happen. Um, I actually, I think the first talk proposal I submitted was like preempting deploying the service into production that hadn't actually been deployed into production yet. Um, And kind of walked through like what it was going to be like to deploy it. And uh, so, yeah, please, if, if you are going to submit a talk, don't be put off by the fact that I just said that. I think it's totally fine to do so. Yeah, be a rascal like Chris. Be a rascal. That's a it. Rascal. That's the motto. Yeah. A rascal. Rascal. No, I'm I'm psyched about that. I mean, uh, obviously, the last show we had uh, Chris McCord on um, to talk about Live View. I am super jazzed about Live View. And in the last couple of weeks, we've just seen projects coming out left and right i don't know if uh any of our listeners are following the elixir lang channel but like they've been retweeting a bunch of people's side projects phoenix framework has as well one of my favorites was someone um surfaced top the linux program top um which shows running processes system stats whatever and updates every second or so and it surfaces that to a live view and it's like 10 lines of code 10 lines of code i came across one today where someone had ported much of the observer to live view. Oh, is that Sasajurix one? Uh, is that that? No, it was something else, I think. <laughs> <coughs> oh, his was a scheduler runner. That's right. I, I did see it. It was the observer CLI, and they brought it into live view, right? Yeah, we'll put exactly. put in the show notes. They're really cool to check out. Definitely. Um, one of my favorites that I've seen so far was this Flappy Bird clone. You know, oh, the yeah. game Flappy Bird. Yeah, someone had done that, deployed it to Heroku, and uh, you can mess around with it. So that was very, very cool. Seeing like writing a whole game engine, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty interesting use case. Yeah, and I've had a lot of interesting conversations with um, some of the JavaScript folks at work about Live View. And 
you know, they sort of look askance at me when I'm like, this is going to change everything. But <laughs> we, so another, another example that I liked was one that had table pagination and searching and filtering. And it was like 75 lines of code, I think for the whole thing. And maybe 20 wow. of those lines were 25 of those lines were the template itself. And yeah, that- it's That's it was just great. it was just so compact and I mean to do that in our app has so much JavaScript <laughs> that not yeah, only yeah. can backend developers write some of this stuff we can do it very easily because Elixir is such an expressive language. Mm-hmm. So I, I I continue to be impressed with stuff that uh, the community is putting out. But but what's your feeling here? Are we are we just trying to? get away from doing any JavaScript or are we actually, are we just like giving backend developers an escape hatch because everyone thinks JavaScript's awful or do you think this is genuinely like an interesting way to think about writing applications? It's a good question and we want to be wary of just being uh, curmudgeons and getting people to do, to write our train because it's, it's our train. I think there's two interesting things about this technology. The first is that it pushes out the boundary of what you can do with Phoenix framework, like just as itself in the same way that Phoenix pushes the boundary of what you can build as far as like a scaled up web application out beyond what say rails gives you or other frameworks give you. Um, Yes. You have to think about scaling at some point. You have to think about more sophisticated architectures, but you just get so far out of the box with concurrency, with the efficiency of the system that you can really you can, your runway is much further before you have to think about mm-hmm. that. So it gives small teams a lot of leverage. And in the same mm-hmm. way, LiveView gives small teams a lot of leverage in terms of building real-time dynamic web applications without having to pull in larger, um, more sophisticated front-end frameworks. And I think that's a big win in terms of time to go to market, in terms of uh, resources that you need for your team. And I think it's when it's easy to add like a bunch of little dynamic things like an autocomplete or a table that updates, like a table that dynamically updates, I think it makes what we can deliver in terms of user value uh, that much more, that much more valuable. Like it's so easy to, to add these little bells and whistles mm-hmm. and that, that is, I mean, that's tremendous value. It's cost versus, um, cost versus benefit and the cost is so low yeah 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 yeah. i I see it from like a engineering leader perspective of like hey i can just have this team of really productive back-end developers who can write in this single language and do all of this and Mm -hmm. be able to get to market a lot faster as a result I I, i can see that i'm still i'm still on the fence and i'm still of the impression that um there will be times where this is great and there will, of course, be times where this is not. I think it's, I still repeat my opinion that it's good to have an alternative. I would like there to be more bond building between the Elixir community and the JavaScript community and making sure that, you know, we're talking about this thing in the right way and we're not just trying to paint ourselves as like we're backend devs that didn't want to learn JavaScript. I mean, another another angle that I like about it is that you start to blur the lines between front end and back end. Mm. And we're starting to abstract over that difference. And there's always little danger when you build an abstraction like this, because you can't really forget that there is 
uh, a front end that is over a wire that could be in a different continent when a user mm-hmm. pulls up your site from somewhere where you're not. But it's just as a matter of like application architecture, it's really nice to be able to have your presentation layer right next to your business logic and to be able to think about, well, these are the updates that are happening in my system and they're automatically reflected in the presentation. And I don't have to Mm. constantly keep in my mind this division around what's my API format? Like what data am I sending over? How much data is it? Uh, Do I need to use GraphQL? For example, like all those problems are just swept away because I just have this one tight application. Yeah, I mean, I think that idea of having everything really co-located is really good. I think it could be really useful for a team. I think you can definitely, you know, imagine having really, really, really productive team members who are just like cranking out these like Elixir templates all day long and kind of whizzing through it. It's just, you're just, I feel like at this point, it might be too late. We might have, that that ship might have sailed and everyone might, you might already be like trying to swim upstream and trying to push people towards something like this, you know? Like, Mm-hmm. I I just like I don't know how many things are started today that are like, hey, this is a statically rendered app, and that like how many teams are actually thinking about new projects like that these days? I also might be living in a bubble, and I'm very aware <laughs> of that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, when you say how many teams are, that implies that there are several people with different skill sets on the team. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I'm thinking about new things that are being created, right? Like, I think you're talking, like, for me, I'm thinking about, like, greenfield projects that are being spun up right now that, you know, you have a team of people who are bringing something to life, whether that be one or more developers and and whatever the mix is. But So if you already have a team with a diverse skill set, you know, if you have the Justice League wandering out to do a greenfield project, then, yeah, maybe the front-end person is, like, whatever, I'm facile with front-end tools, so... I'm just going to do this. I mean, I still think that it's, in a lot of cases, easier and faster. It's just like there's just less to do when you mm. implement a solution in Live View. But what I like about it is that uh, those of us that focus primarily on the back end now have a lot more leverage in the front end. Um, I was talking to someone the other day. Well, so my boss at Versus, the CTO, Alex, showed me something he put together, which was a code evaluator so you write you have the website and there's a text area and you literally write in an elixir function body and there's a a field above where you put the function name and the arity or the arguments and it was it was a early prototype but it it took this uh text that you put in and then evaluated it as an elixir function and that's cool i mean there's it's it's it was an early prototype but it was on its way to being a dynamic code evaluator slash like um, real-time collaborative editor. I mean, an obvious next step would be, okay, every time you type something in, I mean, first of all, it's sending that to the server constantly. So it's constantly evaluating the code you're typing. And if it's not fully fleshed out and it throws an error, then it just returns nil or something. But the point is that it's sending what you've written to the server with every keystroke. Well, it would be a snap to push that out to my client if I'm watching what he's doing. So then pair programming gets interesting. And can we do this now? Of course we can do this now. 
but we could do this with live view with a lot fewer lines of code and we don't have to employ front-end engineers to manage uh, an asset pipeline hmm. so that's cool so i think it, it just makes more stuff available to those of us that don't have a lot of front-end chops but maybe we should all have front-end chops yeah well should woulda coulda uh i mean what i mean is like it's very easy to say should that's i mean i remember when heroku came out and everyone was like well what's the big deal like you should just learn how to deploy to linux (laughs) and you know heroku had the last laugh on that uh i think this is such a i'm i'm like honestly i'm kind of waiting to see how this plays out in the broader community because i think like right now as well we are like we're in a like the Elixir community is in the niche, right? Like this, I think we can all accept that. I think like things like Live View and the power of Phoenix and everything is like there to help broaden this language and help it be more useful in a broad, in a, like in a bigger ecosystem. I think that I'm interested to see like how Live View plays out in that ecosystem and beyond and see. I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen anyone outside of my Twitter feed that are basically all Elixir developers right. tweeting about Live View. You know, so that's why I'm. A, I'm. I'm a bit hesitant. Well, it's only been about two weeks, so I wouldn't have expected yeah. the entire programming community to light on fire. I don't know. I. Don't, I did you read the Hacker News threads? Um, did I? I don't know if I did. No, I. I didn't either. I was just. I was. Hacker News is just so 2013. Wow. That's where I get all my news, man. Oh, my God. How else will I know what's going on Sideburn. in the world? Sideburn. No, I, I, all right. I read Hacker News from time yeah, to time. Yeah. But yeah. Um, on your 1950s keyboard. <laughs> uh, yes, but what? But um, so, but this is interesting because it's not just like, well, we'll wait and see how it goes. Like, it will go someplace if people like us and like our listeners take this thing and do something with it. And I think just people showing off like, oh, here's a cool thing I did. I think that's great because it gets back to the joys of programming where people just make a bunch of random shit that's fun and interesting that doesn't necessarily mm. have business business value. Like, that's a great – that's like the hacker spirit, you know, make something fun. And, yeah, at some point, some thing of business value will probably fall out of it. But, like, look at this cool toy. Uh let's enjoy it like let's experience the joy of doing something uh interesting you know nothing compares to that uh that moment where you've been hacking away at some project even it's a small project and you hit compile and you get it to work and the light turns on or the text on the screen updates and it's like it works and this taps back into that joy and i love it yeah i mean honestly it's really it's really nice to not have to write so much JavaScript sometimes. <laughs> I'll definitely admit that. I, I will 100% admit that. And that's not because I don't like the language. Just sometimes I'm like, I wish it was easier to get a thing done. Yeah. And, you know, some of the tools are complex. And because they're solving complex problems, to be honest, like keeping state around in a client is not, it's not simple. Like they're trying to build better paradigms on top so that we don't have endless spaghetti jquery code do you remember those days yeah from back when i was reading hacker news wow (laughs) there we go 
just copying and pasting that jQuery <laughs> into your Rails app. I remember. Uh, good times, eh? Simpler uh-huh. times. Uh-huh. But now we're here. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like LiveView is analogous to like what Rails was trying to do with um, Turbo Links. Yeah. I always want to say it like that. Sorry. Turbo. Just turbo. The question is, what's cooler? A Turbo Link or a Hyperlink? <laughs> Wow. They just like, they went straight to it with those hyperlinks. They sort of crowded out the, uh, they cornered the market all at once. I'm doing a tiny clap for you right now, you know. For me that, or for Tim That level of humor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There we go. I feel like we're probably going to be talking about live view for like a long time to come, right? And both of us are going to be divided on this one for for some time to come as well. Well, I would say if we are still talking about this in six months, then that would be evidence of some success. That's true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, but yeah. Well, you can wait and see. I'm going to be digging into it. Okay. Well, yeah, show us, you should, as soon as you've done something, you should tweet that, that stuff out, Desmond. Be like, all those list, let all our nice listeners see what you're doing, you know? Yeah, good idea. Good yeah. idea. We can even have the Elixir Talk website live update when there's a new episode. I mean, I guess it does that already. But with live view. <laughs> For reasons. For reasons. <laughs> yeah. Because nerds. We could, you could build a search in live view on the website uh-huh. what about that there you go okay now you're talking yeah you build like an autocomplete yeah so <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, on that note. I think we're gonna wrap up so uh, as always folks you can get all of the show notes on elixirtalk.com that we just talked about just now um, if you like this podcast or any of our podcasts, you can rate and review wherever you get those into your ear holes. So mm-hmm. whether that be on Apple or on Spotify or Overcast or one of those many other podcasting apps. And also, if you want to get in touch with us, please give us a tweet uh, so you can get in touch with us at twitter.com slash talk and hit us up. We love hearing from all of you. So uh, yeah, there we go great well thanks again for joining us for another live episode of elixir talk and <laughs> it's not live though because we we edit it and then we send it back it's just you know oh the oh. presentation layer is abstracted i'm crushed man all right so <laughs> i'm two for three for this episode that was a strike it's true yeah it was a strike out completely but um yeah anyway we hope to see you all soon and next week we'll have a lovely guest another guest and after that we'll have some more guests for you all as well so as always keep, keep elixir, elixir in, in.